Let's go, Spence. We're back with Ventura Vibes with episode three. I couldn't be more stoked to be in studio today to be talking about the 805 with our wonderful listeners and peeps. Today for our show, we've got community leader Matt Almarez coming in to talk with us. We're also going to be chatting about where is the Father Sarah statue and what's the future of the statue. And also, Spence, we're going to dive into a topic that you haven't known about yet, but it's the top 100 influential people in the 805. Yes, I have a running list of people that I need to be influential. We're going to start talking about how I've made this list, and if maybe you, I want to add a few names to it. And you know, Matt, you know why he didn't do top 10,000? <laughs> I would have made the list. I would have made it somewhere, somewhere down to 10,000. But that, you know, it's a great list, and it brings in good community conversation. Who are your favorite people? And we would like to find a lot of the maybe under-the-radar folks that you know have done a lot for the community, but maybe their name's not out in front. So this is what we want to hear from you folks. And that's why we brought Mr. Matt Almarez in the studio today to talk about, you know, I had him on the top 100 list, but then he recently announced the news that he's stepping down of our Ventura Unified School District board president. You've done some great leadership, Matt, and some new things in the future. Welcome to studio. How you doing? Doing great, Spence and Spence. Thanks for having me today. Hello, Ventura. It's great to be here today. We got him on the podcast. Here he is right now, the man that's born and raised in the city of Ventura and doing great things. Tell us a little bit about who you are real fast and about your passion for the city of Ventura and what got you here today. Well, I'm a 45-year resident of Ventura. Um, I'm uh, obviously born and raised, a big family of uh, seven, six other brothers and sisters um, that have just really done a lot for the community throughout our whole lives. Uh, three of my uh, sisters and brothers still live in the city. Um, all involved in volunteer work, along with being involved in soccer, a big soccer family. Uh, graduated through, we, we went through our public school system here and graduated at our high schools, uh, all Buena Bulldogs. Go Spence. And uh, just uh, been doing, doing the, the city's work since then. So uh, 33 years of referee service, uh, volunteer work through AYSO for 25 years. And it's just been in a, a really exciting journey. Love the city. Yeah, we're getting part of that with your family history. Focused on sports, though, right? You got involved in soccer a lot. You talk about refereeing soccer. I'm an avid follower on social media. And the AYSO is what started you off in your youth participation that eventually led you to the school board seat. But give us a little bit of your activity you're doing currently with the AYSO and some other refereeing. I heard maybe at the college level now, right? Yeah, so it's been um, – I started when I was 12. And uh, obviously, I'm a lot older now, but I've been able to develop in not only North Oxnard, but in Ventura, a referee development program with some of my um, fellow um, veteran referees called Team 3. And we go out to tournaments where we just take over three or four fields and we mentor uh, youth refs, um, refs that are just starting new as adults. And it's just it's it's great work and it's fun. Um, that's the biggest thing. And to give back to the community that gave back so much to me um, is, is, is what is what I can do. Um, and that's why it led me to the, the next things in line um, with public service. Now, when you look, Matt, at the parents, the kids, and the coaches, are they treating refs good in soccer? No, they're not treating them right at all. <laughs> oh, come on! They're having a, a strong ref shortage right now, and that's why we're trying to still push our referee development program. Uh, probably why that they've uh, taken me from the ranks of the AYSO uh, mentorship programs and put me into high school now and D1. And uh, it's uh, now I'm doing the MLS Next, uh, which is the minor leagues. But... Yeah, they must be getting desperate if they're moving me up into those rings. Now, does it get that nasty? Uh, yeah, but it's, you know, the, the, the really interesting thing is that it gets more nasty on the younger level than on the, uh, the higher level. Yeah. Now, on the higher level, you'll get the kids that are 
chattering the whole time. Chirping, as we say in hockey. The whole time. Everything's a foul. Everybody's grabbing. It's uh, it's pretty funny. Um, But on the younger level, in the 10U and the uh, 12U, they think it's the World Cup. And what we find, and my kid played hockey, ice hockey, from very, very young. He still plays uh, CLU. But what we found was we call them daddy goggles. Everybody that watches their kid thinks they have Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux. They think that's what they have. Now, some of us level-headed parents just knew our kids were having fun and loved the game. Now, occasionally, you saw that boy or girl out there that you said, whoa, look at that cat. And that was something going on there. But generally, your kids are having fun. Do you see uh, the daddy goggles also in soccer where they think they've got the next, uh, excuse my uh, oldness here, Pele? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, from not only being a referee, I've been able to volunteer as a ref, I mean, as a coach for over 15 years. Wow. And then I've also coached on the high school level the last uh, six years. Um, but you see it and, you know, it's really a reality check. When when I'm coaching, it's more of a development of the of my players' personalities and like giving them a sense of what to look forward in life. It's mm-hmm. not all about that they're going to make it to the World Cup. They're going to make it on those high levels. So it's, you know, I think when a lot of my players look back and reach out to me that they had the best experience of their life because they had fun. That's what the most important thing is. Go out there and have fun. Not that it's so much pressure. They're going to make it to the big time. Most college coaches already know who they're drafting in middle school are going to give a scholarship to. There's always a few, like a Haley Mace, a Buena graduate who went off to um, a tournament in Arizona to guest play for another team. And I could be wrong that it was Arizona, but it was somewhere around there. Wow. And ended up making it to UCLA and then to the women's national team. So those are the rare cases. So if you work hard, you can do it. And we talked about the Hawkeyes family and this being successful in the 805, right? We've got um, Gabriella going to UCLA. Fun local stories that we have great sports here. Uh, I know you're going to say that we can get involved with the referee program. So we're going to link that up to this podcast as well. So the links will go to your websites, get kids involved. Let's change topics. Let's get into what I think the heart of our people want to hear about is your community service of being the school board president. Okay. I joke with you and saying you run a post sometimes and say you kind of got in easy, but dude, you stepped up big time during a pandemic. And then when you got to where you wanted to be as a president, you've recently stepped down now. So give us a little dialogue in the community, people that want to know. Matt's our guy. Why'd you step down and how is that going to benefit the community of Ventura? Well, benefit's a strong word to say if it's going to benefit. Uh, it's, it was a very tough decision for myself and my family to make. Um, shy of three and a half years on the board. Uh, it's been some of the most uh, rewarding work I could ever have done. We have an amazing district. Um, but unfortunately, at the same time, I'm also looking to make sure I provide for my family. I'm, I'm super lucky. I'm getting married in July to the most amazing uh, fiance named Aaron. I'm, I'm just unbelievably excited for that next experience and next chapter in my life. Um, but at the same time, I had an opportunity for a job that gave me a Monday through Friday that gave me an opportunity to serve enrichment programs to children, not only in our community, but in Santa Barbara and also in LA. And that's what I was going with, Matt. Thanks for picking that up. By benefit, I meant you got a job that works with school districts. You took this experience on being with kids and using that collaboration with the administrations, outside companies, and you brought that forth with equal to job opportunity for you. You know, and some people might say, you know, is that the right intent to get involved 
from a volunteer position to be a leader. But I really commend you for seeing that opportunity and saying, you know what, this can be a benefit. If I can grow these enrichment programs within our schools, whether it's public schools, private schools, not just within Ventura Unified School District, right, other school districts. So do you see that as well, like that benefit moving forward because you are helping the kids now and you had six months left on your term as president, right? And so are there politics more into your future? And how does that work? Yeah, I mean, I, I was really looking forward to uh, running for another term. I mean, I really had a, a, a big plan. I've been talking, I've, I've been really involved in my children's education, being their PTO president at Mound, um, being involved on boards at all their schools. And when I had that opportunity, I said for 10 years, uh, you know, in 10 years, I'll run for the school board. And when it came, the opportunity came up, it, you know, I have, I have no regrets in it. Now, being that I could have done it for eight years, you know, or longer, I'm saddened by that. But the difference was this if i was to stay on the board then the programs in ventura to not only our local schools but also in the city of ventura the conflict lied with me being that those programs would have been taken away because of the conflict of me being on the board and unfortunately there's two laws that almost everything i hit the numbers on and there was a few things i didn't and that's the reason why i unfortunately had to resign so i mean it's it's really I'm disappointed by it. I know the, the community is a little disappointed, but the love and support that I received from the community has been un- unbelievable. It's time for somebody else to do a little bit of work, too. Like, say you're getting married, you've got a new gig, got a new job, so you could sandwich it. You did a lot in your relative youth. You'll go through a work career, then you can pick up again. A lot of guys do that in retirement. You know, A lot of the hockey dads out there are guys that played the game when they were in college, and they got their career and now they're coming back and giving back so there's always stuff to do plus you got your kids to handle yep you know you've got that and that's family first uh, but love what you've done love the history of everything you've done in sport the other thing i want to hit spencer is the idea again in my day and i think in your guys perhaps too it was really it was like baseball football track and field swimming yet basketball wrestling Nowadays, though, we're really branching out in sports, and we have uh, your daughter, for example, we were speaking before uh, we got on the podcast here, uh, has a, a little pastime hobby, recreational activity, that is? Uh, roller skating, you know, and it's roller skating not at the rink. It's roller skating at the skate parks, you know, and doing trick, trick skating and, you know, the derby girls. Or, She's a know. four-wheeler, too. Yep, four-wheeler. Yeah. And she's uh, at San Diego State right now, and she goes out to the park probably two, three times a, day, a week and hits the skate parks out there. But why do they have such great skate parks everywhere else? Isn't it weird? Like in, in Fillmore, we have a pretty good skate park. I know they have a nice one in Peru. I'm not sure about Thousand Oaks, but there's a couple around that are good. Ventura does seem to be lacking any official skate park at all, right? Uh, we have three skate parks in the city of Ventura, which are, to skaters are considered to be kind of weaker in bowls, right? I have the honor of serving as a volunteer for your Parks and Rec Commission for the city of Ventura. I've been nominated by my peers and then confirmed as the chairman. So I'm actively involved in these meetings, community talks. And the good news is skating is rising in the city of Ventura. We got awarded a $2.5 million grant from the state of California. They created this initiative about kids playing outside. That got funded. So the works are in place for that. Look for completion to be, I just did a meeting about spring of 2025. There's already been community groups been developed called West, getting some input from skaters uh, on the West side to where it's by. We've involved some community active groups, uh, the West side uh, committee down there, also with uh, Jackie Pierce's group down there as well, doing some great work. So Spence and Matt, the skate is coming, 
But even more on top of that, we just got a $5 million grant for the river trail along that. So we had in this meeting, we talked about the flow of the new West Side Park. So these Venturans, get excited for this because skating's coming and there's a lot next to that well. So there's a lot of little acreage, and not acreage, there's amount of land at West Park. There's going to be a new skate park and things can evolve even farther from that. You know, it's not just one park. We know as a surf and skate town, so you guys are right. With Kimball Park, AKA Community Park being undeveloped and there being a master plan, Spence, you talked about it. You like the BMX stuff that was there. Matt, you hit me up right now. Why is there not more soccer fields to get some tournaments in town? So these are comments that the commissioner hears all the time. And as a resident, I am just as motivated as you guys is to complete this park. We were shocked when they took away the BMX thing. I don't know yeah. what, what was behind it. I don't know if there's some injuries, but I did training for a half marathon. Okay, I really did train, folks. I was slow, <laughs> but I swear I trained. And these kids would be out there. Crowds of people. That, you know, the mobile homes for, for people who travel distances. This looked like it was going to end up being uh, a focus of the entire country, that this could end up being like a headquarters for racing. Then it was gone, just like that. And I'm thinking, what the heck happened? We look at stick and ball sports. Well, a lot of kids don't play those anymore. I thank Tony Hawk for making skateboarding what it is today. You know, yeah. he was one of the forerunners. Mm -hmm. He was one of the guys. We don't have to play stick and ball sports. That gets caught up into our amazing evolution, how we're kind of lacking in skating, is that we had Skate Street. I mean, when Tony Hawk's uh, video game came out, City of Ventura was in the video game. But... I don't want to get too much on the podcast because I don't have the details, and that'll be another podcast in the future. <laughs> we are going to do skating a lot. So if you love surfing and skating and to share the stoke, that's what Ventura Vibes is all about. Thank you for joining this podcast. And we're here to get those inside stories for you on what happened. And I can give you a tidbit now is the reason that we didn't get a lot of attention because they thought that the guys and the girls that were involved in Skate Street had something big, and that was going to be huge. But what, so as that skating kind of revolution hit in the 90s, it went by us because then Skate Street fell off. We didn't have the attention we needed. We were actually having drama and turmoil within the politics of skating in Ventura. I wasn't part of it. I've heard of that kind of stuff. I was more boogie boarding at Emma Wood, right? So if I'm talking like a skater, I am not. I'm friends of skaters. I love the skating community, but it's about bringing them together. That's what Ventura 5 is about. That's what we're talking about, these tough conversations about, because we're going to wash away all of that stuff that might have been in the past or in the future and bring it so we can create the most opportunity for the kids and the adults and Matt's daughter when she wants to come do some roller skating girl in the city of Ventura. Right, my dude? Yeah, Let let me clarify. You said 2025 or 2125? 2025. That it's going to be completed. Cause, it has cause, to be. Because we're waiting on the Kimball Park still to be completed, right? You know what? You're making a great point there as he smiles at me is that when you have grant money coming down from the state, they do put time limits on it, which then has your local government move faster. You know this being involved in the school board. So, yes, sir. Yeah. The master plan does not have a funding source at Community Park, but the skate park does have that funding source identified and will be uh, completed. So that's a great point. So are we looking at uh, baseball, soccer? Is there going to be a skate park at Kimball? Is that a possibility? Uh, in the current master plan, Spence, no. Here's the situation we have with Community Park, if you want to get into it real fast. We have about $25 million to complete the master plan. That was before the increase of, of pricing, okay? To, in order to change the master plan, that takes a lot of procedural process, also money to redraw the plans. These plans were drawn you know close to 20 years ago now they include a gymnasium they include a fire station 
Okay, they include a lot of different things. They don't include a dog park. They don't include BMX. They don't mm. include some of these pickleball courts. Yep. They don't include some of these newer activities. Talk that, about pickleball. There's another one that didn't exist. And now this is something that's just blown up. And it seems pretty cheap, right? Uh, it's a cheaper relative sport, definitely. Uh, there are things that come with pickleball. Run right now is the noise ordinance in the city of Goleta right now. They've actually put, gone to city council about the amount of the decimals that pickleball make a very high decimal noise. Something to look into. You actually can yeah. hear a pickleball from over a mile away. Wow. If you actually get a, cer- <laughs> a, cer- a certain hearing, it's pretty remarkable. So we're talking Parks and Rec. And again, if you're digging this podcast right now and you're thinking, man, I'm loving this. I understand the topics. I want more. There's going to be more in the parks. Nope. But Spence, before we get too f- down this podcast, <laughs> we were talking about something. About the hot topics in Ventura. Let's get into it right now. The Father Sarah statue. Okay. We want to know kind of like it's an identity piece of the city of Ventura. Where has it been? Right. We know what happened. We went through the George Floyd. Right. Social justice. We went through the pandemic. Now that things are lightening up again a little bit more, we're talking about bringing some of these conversations that maybe haven't been in the forefront. We made a list of a few of these things. And number one for us was where is the father statue and when is it going to be placed back in the city of Ventura? And that's a good question. Now, I did a little research and Jim Monahan had a lot to talk about. Uh, Jim, obviously, a uh, historic resident of the city of Ventura. And allegedly, from what we've grabbed from a little Facebooking, it might be somewhere in Los Angeles. Yeah. That's great. You know, so they found... On a sabbatical. Yeah. And, and now, do you notice there's a few storage places when you drive around? Yeah. Like maybe a couple? <laughs> and somebody said it has to be protected from the elements. It was outside <laughs> in a beach community with seagulls everywhere. Yep. Uh, what? You know, I, I just I, I think it's it's gotten so strange. And, and I realize pe- people's passions on this. And I always thought, in my my humble opinion, that they could have made like uh, different tributes to Shumash on the grounds. Uh, they could have put sure. up another statue. Just think about it and, and put up statues that would have been adjacent to the Father Sarah and have that conversation. But we would like it back. And I think at the Basilica is where they were planning on putting it. Yeah. I mean, either or. I mean, it needs to come back to Ventura. I mean, that's, uh, you know, we had our uh, drive through graduations there at City Hall. And then just looking out at the ocean with that statue there, it just was beautiful. I mean, as you know, that was the first opportunity for the kids to get out after being kept at home during the pandemic um, on distance learning. So to not see that statue there, it's and being a resident for 45 years of this community, it's, you know, it, it's a piece of history. So it needs to be somewhere. I mean, it, it needs to be where, where if they need it at the mission, then let's get it to the mission and get it back up. It's also artwork. Uh, Dave yep. and Bob, which was a radio program that I was very familiar with. I had the pleasure of working with both uh, Dave and Bob uh, together when they came here. Uh, from the old 1450 to 1520, then 90. But they worked very, very hard. There was some aggressive fundraising, and it was a big community event, $100,000. This art piece was created with help from College of the Desert. Uh, I've got to get some of the things together. This just wasn't some little, hey, let's put up a statue. This was observed by many different parts of the population and everybody was in agreement on this and it it worked rather nicely. Now I know times change, but times could change by addition as opposed to subtraction. I don't know why they had to take it away. We could have added additional things to the conversation and I think that would have made for much, much better community. I couldn't agree with you more. First of all, how did the drive-through graduations work? Was, Was it a hit? 
Yeah, it was actually a real a big hit, and uh, we were looking like, man, could we do this for years to come? Um, the only hiccup was during the Foothill graduation, we had a, a, a intoxicated driver come through and almost run over a couple people. No. And not any of the kids, but just get, go into the parking lot of where the event where the uh, students for Foothill were getting ready. But luckily, you know, we have some of the best in VPD, and they, they reacted really fast. Uh, Officer Thompson and Officer Gomez. Uh, oh, we know him just, well. Were just running, running to make sure that that situation was taken care of. So <laughs> we got everybody kind of moved away from the scene for a little bit, and then we re-finished. Uh, I know. Uh, I was just kidding around. I always call him Debbie Downer here. But he came through with the police. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but but again, it worked. And, yeah. And it's the it's the nature of the community, many communities throughout this country to react and make something great. Because the kids, in this case, miss out on one of the biggest points of their life, but you guys made it happen. The kids worked hard, the parents worked hard, the school district worked hard, so they had a nice graduation. Yeah, uh, kudos to Joe Bova and his team, um, Rainy Rickard, for putting that together. Uh, the other great thing was that um, the parents probably got the best seat in the house that they've ever had. When you go to a regular graduation, um, you know, you're in the stadium, you're 1,000, 2,000 yards away from seeing your kid. Mm -hmm. They actually got to drive a car. So a lot of people rented the big giant vans, had their whole families packed in them, wow. celebrating, you know, but Something to remember. And then took, had a moment to actually take a close-up picture for their, for, their, um, for their graduate. So, I mean, you know, not everybody likes that. They kind of, someone liked the pomp and circumstance. But for that moment and everything that those kids had endured, it was a moment of greatness. Back to the Sarah statue, though, that was not the front of City Hall for that. We talked about how we found some information. Mr. Monahan Spence is the longest-term city council member in the state of California for one city. So for you to get that source and for Mr. Monahan to give us information, I love it. Yeah, he's a good guy. I've, I've had the opportunity to... Uh, get information, the St. Paddy's Day Parade, just everything, the snow on the beach. You know, he's always called us up with, with excellent information, and he was really good friends with Dave and Bob. They work together in the community, and it is people like that that have moved things forwards, not talking about politics here, just talking about good things for the community. And uh, and Jim's always been very, very direct and, and very, uh, you know, open to any questions that we've had here. So I appreciate that very much. Now, certainly, more uh, investigation has to be done. So I would like to start looking at timeline. When are they going to get it back? And, and what are they going to do? What, what is the plan and how quickly is this going to happen? Yeah. And it was former council member Christy Weir, who is active in their community still, who went on Facebook and said, you know, it has an idea of going to the mission. You know, that was something as a community member, I had the opportunity of being involved in early conversations of ideas of what could maybe in that moment, because if you remember when the social injustice marches were going on in our government center and down at the statues, it was very intense. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to be in there on my scooter, my electric scooter, had cool vantage points. And I'll never forget the day when the Sarah statue was being surrounded by maybe a couple hundred, um, let's say, uh, supporters of S S Father Sarah, and they're, they're getting their Hail Marys going. And there's probably a few thousand people that had walked from which at that time was Cemetery Park, down San Hone, all the way down Harbor, and then they were at Harbor. And if you remember when they were at Harbor and California, that's when we had a run-in with a couple of big um, trucks that made some uh, news. It was big news. They were supposedly trying to hit some people. And then we came up the street. But it was then in that moment I saw such a unity with the 805. I'm not kidding you because I felt like there were – people influencing our city, and it was the peace and the respect of our Native American community 
uh, led by Julie that came through and I said, just brought reason, brought grace, and it just calmed this moment down. And so I think of where that statue was. And now what's interesting is that that area of where the statue was has changed because Father Sarah has now been anointed a different religious category by the Catholic Church just in the last three or four years. And so from one of my resources uh, that works with land use, has told me that even if a Father Sarah statue wanted to go back in the exact location, it could not go back there. Hmm. Because that's now public land and he's deemed a religious figure in some certain level, it couldn't go there. So you're thinking, oh, it's a big bummer. What are we going to do? Well, then people go, well, the cross is still up on the hill. But that was purchased, right? Thank you, Spence, for bringing that up. Christy Weir, the same council member that is talking on our Facebook post, is the same council member that took a part of Griffin Park when, she, when they heard that religious items could not be on public parks, worked with local uh, authorities, with land use people. I mm-hmm. wasn't here living in the city as that time went off. Got a local nonprofit together, carved out two acres, and created the Sarah Cross Conservancy to keep the cross on top of the hill. And so yeah. that conversation goes forward. Whether you're for or against, you like it, you dislike it, it's a conversation, and that's why we're bringing you here with Ventura Vibes. And I would like to get the vibes back as we wrap it up here and talk about uh, sports again. <laughs> uh, because one of the things about sports is getting the kids off of their screens. Now, my kids love the screens, but Cole is still a very, very active um, kid. You know, he's 19 now, but he goes out and plays. He does screen time, but he also goes out and does the skateboarding and his hockey. And look at the variety of sports that are available. And I looked at the Gillettes. I worked with Wendy Gillette on the air quite a, quite a couple of years here at KVTA. And her husband was an expert, you know, a high-level rower on the East Coast. He, he finished very, very high. Are you familiar with the Gillettes? No, I'm not. They're at Lake Casitas, and they, they do the crew. Uh, they, they do what the Winklevi did in um, social uh, network. Yeah. Uh, they, they do that. And so many kids are jumping out of that into colleges with, with great scholarships because they're great students and they're also good athletes. So the idea that everybody has to play a particular sport, not so much anymore. We have star runners. Uh, we have that wonderful uh, track star from Ventura, yeah. a oh, young yeah. lady who's mm-hmm. she got the national record yeah, as a freshman. Record. We've got the kids from Newberry Park you were talking about, Spencer. There's so many ways to go. It doesn't have to be the traditional sports. It can be so many different ways that kids can go and scholarship or, imagine this, just have a good time. And you see a lot of the good time part in your life. Yeah, and I've seen the, I know a lot of kids that are doing that Casitas rowing program, so I know that's definitely a benefit. And my son wasn't so big in the sports, but when he was doing baseball and and, um, soccer, you know, it really inspired him to kind of branch off into is also his, you know, his other stuff. But he's 17, he's going to graduate this year, and he is not a screener either. But he's he's big on staying healthy. So he's Mm -hmm. eating healthy, he's working out way, probably too much, six, five or six days a week. Um, get him a, a job. lot of us were there. Yeah, no, he's working too. There. He's working. He's working. But he's uh, get a yeah. job at a gym. That's yep. what I always yep. say. You know, Cole, get a job at a hockey <laughs> rink. This is what you do, and that's the way to go. But again, that's what I want to stress: good health and good fun. Yep. Because I, I could not hit the side. If I, what did Tommy Lasorda to say? If you jumped out of a boat, you couldn't hit water. Yep, that was one of his <laughs> great, great uh, quotes from the past. That was me. But I found out that I, I could kind of run, and I was sort of strong, and I just got into other sports. Bat and ball sports, no chance. You know, sports like lacrosse have taken off. And I -hmm. think it's good that we're building way outside of what we used to consider traditional sports. Good. And parents have to know uh, that there's many things their kids can do to have a really good time, have a blast, and, uh, and stay healthy. 
And even that stigma of supporting the sports that weren't deemed as the, the glorified. And that was skate and surf. You know, there's no doubt about it. You know, if you, if you skated, you were a criminal with signs all over town. Don't do what you love to do. Mm-hmm. If you were a surfer, you were a, a dummy. And here's four, we're recording. Cut class. Yeah we're, yeah, we're recording this on 420. So, you know what? You get the stigmatism. And it's just not true. You know, it might have been true for a certain section of that time in life, right? But now it's evolved. Girls, there's a great group in Ventura. We're going to get them on the podcast. Girls on Boards. They're moms and their daughters, and they go out, and there's like 100 of them, and they go skate, and they, they have a spot out by oil, oil piers, the spot they go. And so that's what I want to support too, Maddie, and I appreciate you coming in with Ventura Vibes. I got one more question before we hang up again. I hang up the phone, which isn't here. Uh, <laughs> but is to support those kids, and you've been doing it. You put yourself on the board member. Thank you for your service on the school board member. You know what? You might not have been the timetable that you wanted to be through, but we support you on that. You know, I'll speak for me Thanks. and myself in the community. We really do support you and see how you can benefit that. We see with what people can do after being in leadership spots, you can do sometimes more after. You know, and we got Sandy Smith, we got Brian Brennan, we got Christy Weir, we got these great people in our community who are gonna be on our top one hundred list. And that's what I'm gonna bring up here because coming in June, once this podcast goes and the website starts website starts launching, I'm gonna be making this along with Spence, the hundred most influential people in the Ventura County. A, so we can identify them know who they are, and then B, bring them in. I'm going to keep you on the list, even though you're going to be maybe docking down to two notches because you don't have that bread in it. But give me three names of people that, you know, for positive reasons, what you would have on the 100 most influential people in Ventura County. Let me hear three names. Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one And this one is right not there. planned, folks. I'm throwing this one on the fly. Yeah, this is the way we do it here a, in Ventura Vibes. This is a, a tough one right now. Well, I think, you know, you got you got to look at um, the progression of uh, Matt LeVere. I mean, he definitely has to be on that list, uh, doing some great things for the community, started in, as the mayor of Ventura and then moved to county supervisors. And, you know, not everyone's going to agree with, with the things he's doing, but uh, on the bigger picture, uh, I think he's doing some good things for the community. So that, that'd be one right there. Okay. Um, I think you're going to see, uh, and if this list is talking about just in the last few years, I'd have to say Roger Rice, man, the superintendent of, of, of Ventura Unified School District. And, yeah, I've worked closely with him. Um, overseeing his pro- progress, and I'd have to say, uh, for the work that him and his team has done during the pandemic, there's no one else has, has worked harder. And I don't think he gets the accolades that he always deserves. But now this is the time you're gone. You can say bad things about Roger right now, yeah, Matt, if I you want say to. <laughs> you got nothing for him, huh? No, I mean, I just think Let's he, go. he. You know, the 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 bad thing is that those administrators and even our teachers, uh, including, and then also our superintendent, are all underpaid. We're probably in the lower lower two. Uh, um, threshold of that when we need to get them somewhere in the middle line. So that's my own opinion, okay. you know, as a former board member. That's good. But uh, definitely we got to get, you know, the districts around us. When Santa Paula's superintendent is getting paid more than our own superintendent, this is all public public uh, record, so you can sure. see this. But we need to get them up up more in, in, into that line. Um, you got one more now. Ooh. You know, uh, for the top 100, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back to that one. He's coming back. Yeah, that means that Matt will be coming back on the podcast. <laughs> so, Spence, I've had a good time sharing the stoke with Matt. You? Absolutely. It's, I, I love uh, the sporty part of your life that's also directly connected to academics. It has to be both. It has to be to make well-rounded kids. Nice work, Matt. Thank you, Spence. And then I just uh, one last thing. 
I uh, just want to say I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be at the meetings. I'm, I'm going to be a bigger community leader outside of the board now, now that I have a little bit more free time. I don't think people realize the work that the hours that go into being on a school board. But I'm telling you what, it's I'm not going anywhere. I have to if I'm in this job for three years, then I can bounce right back into public service. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to be at every meeting with Spence at city council or be at every meeting for the school board. So um, you guys are going to see me. It's not goodbye. It's just till we see you again. Let's go. Let's get it done here. We got the community leader, Matt Almers, wrapping up episode three today. We talked about this Father Sarah statue and the whereabouts in the future. And we also talked about some fun park stuff. Great information again on an episode of Ventura Vibes. Spence, I'm having fun. Good times, and I, I can't wait to get out. And, uh, you know, the kid's going to have a hockey game coming up. He's back in college doing that, doing the skate parks. I want to see a skate park in the city of Ventura quick. And it's then, coming. Then one more thing on that. <laughs> Kimmel Park, if you have teams coming from outside and you finish those soccer fields, we could do the major tournaments like the state cups and the national cups, and the parking alone will pay for that park. And everybody wants to be here. If you're going to travel from parts, and you know, when people from Bakersfield used to come out here to play hockey with us, they, it was three days at the ocean. That's what they did. They planned themselves around. So people have to remember uh, with the parks, this is part of our tourism. It brings in a lot of people. They bring their kids. The kids are playing the game. So when they're done, they want to show the kids a good time. And what's a better time than to be in the city of Ventura, the county of Ventura? Yeah, and Bakersfield is the perfect thing on that for parking. Spence, we go to those. Tur- we have to go out to those tournaments for mm-hmm. our local teams to play the big time tournament, and they probably have at least, and this is a rough estimate, at least a minimum of a thousand cars on one day, and they charge at least ten bucks each day. That's ten thousand dollars a day. Good math. For that. That's 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 strong. That's why we brought him here, guys. <laughs> We're gone for now. We're gonna be back soon with Ventura Vibes. Thanks for sharing the stoke. Let's go. Okay, Spence, let's keep this fun continuing as we play a new fun little game here with Spence and Pit Spence and Ventura Vibes. We're going to go with songs that make us think of the days of the week. Ready to go. I have a few favorites myself, and we can't play all of them, uh, but we will also find out that there's a couple of days that are left kind of unattended. Are we going to start with Monday or Sunday, Spence? What are we starting with here? Sunday's on the calendar, so I say we roll out with Sunday first. Okay. So I go first? We do want to say, too, we do have special guests in here with Studio Episode 3 with our great Grammy, Shirley. Shirley, how you doing? I'm doing great. Oh, we can't wait to share these songs and give your opinion, Grammy, if you like this song, okay? I'll do it. So shall I go first? Yes, go, Spence. Okay, this is a song. Do you know Joe Jackson? Joe Jackson, the great, no, not the one that played for the Black Sox that got in all the trouble, who didn't do anything because he hit so well. (laughs) This is the singer from England, Joe Jackson. Do you remember him at all? He was a huge, massive hit on MTV. I do not, Spence. This is a song for Sunday. Here it goes, Mr. Joe Jackson. At all familiar? No. It's a Johnny little tune with a great bass line. Mother doesn't go out anymore. Just sits at home and rolls her spastic eyes. But every weekend through the door. God, man, this Sunday's coming. Come words of wisdom from the world outside. Hook coming up. Where do you look for it? 
If you wanna know about the stains on the mattress <laughs> There's a monster head? This is a song called Sunday Papers. Huge song. It was a big, big hit on MTV. Do we know it? Grammy? I don't know it. I don't know think. Joe Jackson. Oh. I saw Joe Jackson in concert once, and he was such a wise guy. This is way back. He had a, one album, Stepping Out, was, was a big hit. Uh, Stepping Out had a nice bass line in it, too. But he had a lot of, a lot of big hits. And he didn't want to play any of his old songs that at that point were two years old in mm. concert. So when he was doing everything off his new album, people were getting restless because they had never heard this music before. So he says, do you want to hear an old song? And everybody cheers. So he played a song from the 20s. <laughs> and he just went into this swing tune. He did not want to play any of his old music. Now I'm sure he'd be happy as heck to go out in concert and play a nice old song for everyone. But you read it in the Sunday papers, near and dear to my heart, because yes, I was a paper boy. I like well, that, Spence. When I was a little kid. Start, if we're going to work on Mondays, give me something that cheers me up a little bit. Let me hear something that I'm going to take me back to my Monday days. Got that one. <laughs> we all got that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Monday, Monday. So good to me. Grammy, who is this? Oh, Love and Spoonfield. It is not the love and spoonful. It is really the mamas. Oh, mamas and, and papas. papas. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, I yes, did, I did know that because I was going to say mamas and papas was one of my f son who passed away at a very young age favorites, and that's what I was thinking. But I came up with the wrong name. They were but a bunch of hippies, is what they, they were. were. Yeah, out of Laurel Canyon. I Mamas loved them. and the Papas. Yeah, they, Mama they were and Papas. huge. Yeah. They were the harmonizing guys, and uh, Mama Cass, and uh, right. she was the one who could, uh, you know, really bring it. They had the beautiful girl and the two dudes, but they they had hit after hit after hit. Right. And Monday Monday was one of their massive. Hits. I think that was their signature hit. It was, yeah. yeah. All the yeah. leaves are brown and the skies are gray. What was that? Yeah. Uh, California Dreaming was another huge song right. by the Mamas and the Papas. They apparently Mama Cass invited uh, Stephen Stills and how would it have worked and David Crosby to her house and they knew this guy Graham Nash and mm. they brought him too and they thought these people will sound really good together and they were right uh, Crosby Stills and Nash sang their first songs with Mama Cass at her house and they skyrocketed to fame after that so wow. Mamas and the Papas uh, great ears and uh, wonderful tunes now, on Tuesday, I think I have an idea with this. I'm thinking maybe some stones. I can go a couple different places. Spence, what'd you pick? What did I pick? Or what did we pick? You picked a classic. Got to give you huge credit on this one. You like this one? Oh, yeah. Leonard Skinner. This is uh, almost the greatest Southern rock ever made. And I do say almost because I have the best. How did Leonard Skinner get their name? Tell me. Leonard Skinner was their PE teacher and they hated him. Please take me far away. 
That's a great song. Yeah, let's go to the next one. We can spin that all day. Tuesday is gone. I can sing it for you. Oh, man, it just warms my heart to hear that. And know that a lot of these songs are from 60s and 70s. You know, what were these kids thinking about the days of the week? I don't know yet, Spence, because let's stay in that genre. Because going into Wednesday, this was a day we struggled a little bit, did we not? Wednesdays, yeah. Wednesday was a tough day. It was. And we, I was thinking big Wednesday for surfing. There's got to be a Wednesday song. But there really wasn't. It was bereft of anything that would have been uh, a well-known song. But we did get this one actually um, uh, phoned in when we were on in the morning, and a couple of people knew it. I was completely out on this one, and the uh, two that sing it are very famous. Shall I roll it? Let's go. I think everybody in the world knows these two vocalists. Mm -hmm. Grammy. Back to the Fulky days. Two guys from uh, New York. Flower Children, she's getting close. It is Simon and Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel. Together on this tune, and a wistful little ditty it is, and it's called Wednesday 3 a.m. Oh, really? It's about robbing a liquor store or something. It's very bizarre if you go through the lyrics. I I didn't know it, and my neighbors, uh, the uh, two sisters, older sisters that lived uh, next door to me, they were Simon and Garfunkel all the way back in the day. So I heard a lot of it, but I, I did not recall that song at all. Interesting. Yep, mm-hmm. Simon and Garfunkel get our only Wednesday song that we uh, that wow. we could dig up. Okay, let's keep on moving down the week now. We're getting closer to the weekend now. It's Thursday's approaching. Mm-hmm. What you know, it's not the weekend yet, so there's not those hits that we kept looking for. So Thursday, I'm really intrigued as well, Spence. For a Thursday song, I didn't have a tune. No, nope. Saying- didn't have one song for Thursday, but we did have uh, the song that mentions every day of the week, which I think you pulled. I did. I know what it is. Are you ready? <laughs> Let's go. It's been a long time. I never think I was going to see you again. See you haven't changed. Oh yeah, keep it going. Come on, Sherelle. It's good to see you anyway. Sherelle and Alexander O'Neill are bringing the hit Saturday Love. Even though it has that one title, listen to it. Keep going, Spence. They go through the, uh, yeah, they go through every day of the week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And somebody had to sit there, whoever got the hook. That's that's uh, fairly complex to just roll them all out and, and put it to, and that's that's good hook song. Oh, that that so is good. a great tune. Can we turn it back on? No, we can't. We got to keep moving. I want that song back on. We can't do it. Okay. Yep. And that that is probably Ugh. close to the best pop hit that we have in this selection here. But since you went strong with Tuesday's Gone, I have to go back to Monday. Now, this is a song done by the Allman Brothers, and the Allman Brothers had a song, uh, well, they had a bunch of songs that was on a great live album called Live from the Fillmore East. And we played this one, written by T-Bone Walker. Now, you got a little bit of a walk-up on this, and when I challenge you on Leonard Skinner, Leonard Skinner was a great Southern rock band, but this is the greatest Southern rock band of all time. 
Dwayne Allman, Greg Allman, Dickie Betts, Butch Trucks, all together. A song written by the blues great T-Bone Walker, and it is called Stormy Monday. Got to roll this one out slow, uh, but this is one of my favorite songs of all time. Some cool blues from the Allman Brothers. Here we go. Can you feel the whiskey? Here comes Greg Allman. There's a lot of pain in that tune, and the Allman Brothers absolutely nailed that one. And that Man. is Stormy Monday. Again, T-Bone Walker uh, did it originally, and the Allman Brothers, they covered a lot of blues tunes, much like Steve Ray Vaughan later did. He didn't write all the songs that he sang, but he was really good at the interpretation. So here's a song that you actually mentioned. She would never say uh -huh. where she came from. I had to go with the Stones when I thought about Tuesday. Yesterday don't matter if it's gone While the sun is bright Or in the darkest night No one knows She comes and goes And here's the hook Also a restaurant, right? Yeah, burger joint. Ruby Tuesdays. Yes, a, a fabulous song. Another great Tuesday song by uh, the Moody Blues. Uh, they did a, a great song, uh, Tuesday Afternoon, which was a good song. But I had to go with the Stones. And this is one of my favorite day of the week songs. I'm going to go to Friday, and we're going to hear from The Cure. Was this at all happening when you were in school, yeah, college? Yeah, bouncing around. Yeah, this is a nice little ditty here, and uh, this is a bit of a tribute, too, to my wife that loves the band The Cure. Holding hands now, jumping around. Oh, yeah, I can see myself now. And the thing that's funny, The Cure actually had some very dark, dreary yeah. tunes, but this one comes in nicely. You think Goo Goo Dolls here or something else, but it's not. And the funny thing about many of these songs that we played, all the days of the week stink until you get to Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And one of your favorites that didn't really name the day, but it named the two days, Saturday and Sunday, and that was a Loverboy song. Yeah. Everybody's working for the weekend. A lot of these songs, Stormy Monday is like, how are we going to get through miserable Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday's yeah. okay, but Friday is when it goes. And that's the way it happens. And so many of these songs uh, pretty much don't want to be involved with the work week. But everybody <laughs> wants to be there on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, too. But Sunday's got a lot of great tunes. That classic uh, by Nat King Cole, that Sunday, that summer. Mm -hmm. a beautiful song by Nat King Cole. And there are a few of those uh, that come up for Sunday. Uh, but you too, Sunday Bloody Sunday, not exactly an upbeat tune no. for the day Sunday. But those are some of uh, uh, the great songs that uh, rock and roll brings to us 
on the days of the week. And so mm-hmm. what we are upbeat about every day of the week is the opportunity to listen to Ventura Vibes, to you have this podcast, to go into your pocket, pull those earbuds, and know you can get some news, information, and fun from Spence and Spence in the 805. We want to thank Matt Almarez, our guest in this podcast, our special guest, great Grammy for coming in. Grammy, thank you for coming in. Oh, it was fun. And we know, as always, we've got Ray Fresco on the beat. So we look forward to coming at you next time with Ventura Vibes as we take you out. Mm-hmm.